The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. I love this episode, Joey, because we get into thinking from the mindset of someone, a young adult, and I'm going to allow a young adult to be anyone under the age of 35. So no, you don't classify as a young adult anymore. Not anymore. I've right. graduated. I moved up. <laughs> You've graduated. <laughs> you graduated into the middle adult. A lot later than you did, but I did graduate. Yes. <laughs> that, that's true. I think there's a lot of really fun things that comes out of this interview, even though you didn't get to participate yeah, in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear it, yeah. to be honest. But I, I do want to really quickly, from an introduction standpoint, I, I think about going back to when we were younger, right? When we were first starting out, some of those things that we wish we knew and I believe it's more about the processes that I wish I knew than the actual tools to implement. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, for instance, today we're talking about how we use a life insurance policy and the process of using that life insurance policy is called infinite banking. Okay. If I was a young adult and I was buying an insurance policy, that probably wouldn't be exciting as well as I probably get some pushback from my friends. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. But the process of using infinite banking and the process of becoming financially free doesn't necessarily have to line up with the tools I'm using. Okay. What, What do you mean by that? Well, I'm just saying that the process is the most important thing. The tools, while having good tools are important, I'm not discounting the use of them. We talk about very good tools on here all the time. But I think us and the way we think about things. So if I would have had the mindset of how to be financially free earlier on, I know I would have gotten there much quicker. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes. In fact, I can see what you're saying because so many times we're just given products when we're younger and we just buy them because we don't have any way to formulate which like where we're headed. So we're just kind of grabbing at things, hoping that it works. A hundred percent. I think the financial industry is great at selling products. Hundred percent. It is buy this, just buy this. We created a new shiny tool. Buy this, buy this. And by the way, the reason they do that is that's how they get paid. Yep. And there's no reason uh, to look any further as to why you're not being taught to buy real estate or do Airbnb from your financial advisor because there's no way they can get paid to do it. That's perfect. So this episode is either for you because you are a young adult or you can think of your children, grandchildren, someone who would benefit from this. And I do think there's still things that apply. So just like Joey, I hope you're just as excited as he is to listen to it. Let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, Don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. 
Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable. That's a new way to say that. I, I'm still struggling a little bit, but I'm so excited that it is Financial Freedom Roundtable because IBC is a section, is a part of the process to become financially free, but only a step in the many, many steps that can help you become financially free when you have more passive income than you have monthly expenses. I am Russ, the Idea Guy Morgan. I'm sitting around the table with the best coaches in the nation. I want to introduce them to you. To my right, I've got downtown Ernie Brown. How are you today, Ernie? I am doing so well. I skipped over somebody today. Yeah. He's not here. Empty seat. It, well, um, not present. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes it could be said that he's an empty seat when he's empty. <laughs> I'm saying he's not present. He's not wow. here. The, the stallion is gone today. Yeah, miss him. I, I mean, you know, I'd say jokes with his with him here. I don't feel That's like right. the, I don't feel like I'm pulling any punches. Do you? Yeah, it's not like making fun of somebody when they're not here is a bad thing. So long as you're making fun of when they are here. That's right. I, I'm I'm equal in my in my punishment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> today's topic: How to think about the infinite banking concept as a single young adult. You've got at least one of those two that you can speak to. I think today. That's right. I used to be two for two. You used to be a twofer. Yeah. Now you're single. Now I'm old. Oh, oh you're young. That's right. That's right. No, you're, you're, you're happily married. That's well, right. let, let's get across the table. I want to, I want to talk to the, the single one of the group, our resident pilot, the man who can get you safely to your financial destination, Mark Haraguchi. How are you, Mark? Doing good guys. I uh, actually, everything's a lot brighter right now because I went and just had my eyes dilated for the eye doctor. So this screen is like blaring in my face right now. So if, if I look uh, surprised, it's just because it's so bright. You seeing 4040 at this point? <laughs> I'm seeing a lot. All right. Are, aren't you supposed to be wearing glasses? Well, I'm inside. I have all the, I have all the blinds drawn. Did they give you that, that pair of like 3d glasses that wrap around halfway around your head? I couldn't you do it. There? Did you take your own? I, I took my own. I, I, I could not wear the, see, I mean, again, we're talking about, you know, single young adult. I still feel like I'm young. I don't feel like I'm ready to wear those wrap around, you know, grandpa glasses just yet. Okay. Well, I'm coming back to you in a second. Just hang tight. I got to get to the million dollar smile. The man we like to refer to as Mr. Incredible. How are you, JD? I, I mean, I'm great, even though I'm not single and I'm not young. Uh, and I haven't, been single in a long time, um, in probably like 20 years. Um, I haven't been single, uh, and I haven't been young in probably a couple of years. So, uh, but I'm doing great. All right. Well, it, we, we have many people listening to us live and they're asking the question, is it okay for me to continue with this podcast if I'm not single or if I'm not young or if I'm not both? Ernie. Well, dang. Uh Yes, it's okay. Okay. And it's relevant because if you if you don't identify as single and young person, <laughs> you probably know someone or there's somebody in your family who you want to be thinking through this. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's go around the table. I want to hear first thoughts when you you hear this topic. Mark, what's the first couple things that come to mind? I wish I could have been thinking about this when I was a single young adult. Mm. What what a common statement that has been um, repeated over and over again. How about you, JD? 
Yeah, I, I just wish um, I would have had any positive <laughs> uh, financial influence in my life that would have had me thinking about finances in general. And so to, to be a single young person, um, to be thinking about IBC, it's, it's wow, like the, the, the amount of more time that you have is, is unbelievable. Well, here's, here's one of the things I'm going to bring up, Vernon. Um, many, many podcasts ago, we, we had a discussion about what age demographic actually had the best chance to reach financial freedom the fastest, right? We, we kind of broke it up into three categories, the kind of 18 to 35 de demographic, which is really, I think, what, if we're kind of referring to young adult, that's where I would go. Millennial. Right? The or Zennial is what Joey still counts. <laughs> Joey goes into the Zennial group, uh, the 36 to kind of 55 year old group, right? And then the 56 and over. And I made the, the challenge that, or the, the statement that I believe the young adult, the under age 35 group had the potential to reach financial freedom the fastest. You are in that group. You're in that grouping. Would you agree with that statement that you believe that people that are 35 and under have the ability to reach financial freedom the fastest? I think on paper, the answer is absolutely. Okay. I think in terms of life experience and influences, it can be difficult. Okay. T tell me more. Why do you say that? Well, I, I look at you guys with your large families. Mm -hmm. You got four kids. Joey's got five kids that's expensive. I'm looking at that and saying, I'm thankful to be <laughs> where I am. <laughs> yeah. And from a monthly expense standpoint, which is one half of the financial freedom formula for people in this age grouping, generally in the lowest expense time, time frame of their lives. I, I would agree with that. I mean, JD, do you feel like kind of being in that second tier age group that is maybe the most expensive time of your life? First of all, I'm in the 18 to 35 age group. Okay. I, I didn't um, hear you. I said, I, I'm in the 18 to 35 age group. Uh, I am still, I am 35. So I'm right on the cusp. And mm. <laughs> although I can relate because I've got three children and it is insanely expensive. Uh, I've got three boys and our grocery bill is like 2,500 bucks to three grand a month. I mean, it's insane. Um, so, so, so yeah, I, I agree with Ernie. I think, I think on paper, yes, that, that age group, you know, but I think the, the thing that got in my way the most was, um, me thinking I, I knew it all right. That I, I knew more than what people were trying to tell me as I got older. And, and that certainly got in my way. Um, and, and I think that's a big challenge, especially for, you know, folks in, in that 18 to 35 year old, uh, uh age bracket. So Mark, let, let's speak to younger Mark, right? Let's, let's go back and think back to when you were under that 35-year-old age bracket. What were some of the challenges or obstacles that, were, that you were facing keeping you from reaching your highest financial potential? Well, four score and seven years ago. <laughs> I think the largest obstacles really were, it, it, it was a scarcity mindset. It was a, oh, 
I don't have any money, so oh, I can't do anything. When really all I was doing was exactly what we were talking about earlier is each year that went by, I kept expanding my cost basis, right? Parkinson's law where you know, you're know you gonna take the amount of time you have and you're gonna spend the money that's there. All of a sudden you've got to raise. I, I just had a discussion with a gentleman the other day. He said he just finished paying off of his house. He, that he and his family were so excited and he said he looks at the bills every month and he goes, where did that extra money go? He said, I thought we just paid off the house. I thought we were going to get to have that extra mortgage money as excess cash and it's gone. Mm. And so I, I, I think that's something to consider is each year that goes by, like we're all seeing, the bills just keep getting bigger and bigger. And how can you contain it? Well, if you can implement a strategy early enough, you can really start to drive your decision matrix and push money where you want it to go to give you the longest term benefit. Well, if you think about that, where are the young adults being taught to save money? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing where I say on paper, easy for young people to get there, but in terms of influence is difficult because I mean, I, I think about this, where, where do I get my information? The internet. Yeah, but I also get information from my other friends, and my other friends are getting information, kind of from their parents, but not really. They're getting it from each other. What's the, what's the the hot, hot, hot tip? Mm. What's the what's the exciting thing out there? And it is a lot of, it is a lot of around the around the table conversation in those groups, and 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 shifting quickly between ideas and strategies. And it just makes me think of what Nelson Nash talked about is it's water cooler conversation that I think that's where young people are getting their information and it's, it's not, it's not solid. Well, I will say I, I wasn't sitting around a water cooler. I was actually sitting around a hospital waiting room the, the other night midnight and my dad was in the hospital and I'm sitting there outside waiting on, you know, them to kind of come out and let us know what's going on. And, and there sits an older couple, probably in their 60s, my guess, maybe early 70s. And another older gentleman, maybe he's in his 70s. And then there's a younger guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's 20, okay? And, and the, the four of them are just chit-chatting. And I guess the, the younger guy was either it was his parents, but they seemed a little bit too old to be his parents, but the way they kind of spoke about him seemed like that. And they were just talking about how he'd just gotten his job, you know, and I'm just going to say his name was Johnny. I don't know what his name was, but they're just, it, this is a little small town, Alabama, where my dad uh, lived. And it's a, they're like, yeah, Johnny just got his job and boy, he just got signed up for that 401k, man. And, and they're like, Ooh, yeah, you don't, don't miss out on that free money. Johnny, you better get that. You better get that. Like, I just wish, I wish, I wish I would. I, I'd had that 401k money when I, you know, they didn't give that to me when I, when I started my job, but then they start talking about somebody else who did has a job and he's got the 401k and, and there's Johnny just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got signed up on that. I mean, I'm just sitting there looking at him thinking this is the worst financial advice, but why are they giving it? Because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do differently. Right. So they're just sharing something they thought was right. I mean, they clearly loved him and, and they want to help him. But to your point is a lot of the advice that's being given one, we always say financial advice is garbage treated as such, right? Because it, it's, it's coming from the, the opinion of the one given it. Right. 
It, it's the way they see the world. So when you hear me say something, you assume that I'm giving you advice. I'm trying not to, but it is an opinion from my own perspective, right? So what's good for me will not be necessarily good for you because unless you're in the same exact life circumstances that I am, it probably isn't. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of the, the things that we see and hear are coming from other people's opinions and they're pouring it into our life. And then we take it as the gospel. That's right. And not only what is being shared from, well, who are you getting your information from? But what people, I'm, I'm learning this in my own life, I feel like over and over. <laughs> what I say is not necessarily what people hear. And what I hear is not necessarily what people say. Mm. Here, here, can, can I give an example? Yeah, go deeper. All right. That's a Jack Handy moment on the several, right several years. So five, five years ago, I, I started giving time in the college ministry at our church. That's where I wanted to serve and got signed up, going to lead a summer small group. So the college pastor getting to know me now sends me a list of names and phone numbers. And so I put those phone numbers in the phone and I send out a group message. And I said, <laughs> I say, so what you hear isn't what necessarily was being said. I say something in the, in the message like this. Hey guys, super excited to meet you this Sunday evening. Um, I'm staying in this family's basement. So we're going to meet in the basement. And when we get together, we're just going to feel each other out. You know, this, this first meeting is just to see if we want to continue meeting. So I hope that when we get together, I hope we have a lot of fun. Again, we're just feel each other out and see if we want to keep keep meeting in the basement here and we might change it up, meet other places, but we'll just see how it goes. Let me know uh, if you're going to be able to make it. The thing that the wild card of that is that to a, to a bunch of college guys who trying to be in a Bible study, maybe that language makes sense. The problem was the college minister had given me all the right numbers except for one. Oh no. So some random person got that text message and read it and was the first to respond. I mean, it was like top water fly hits I, it, that bait is grabbed and immediate text message comes back. I can't even say what was said, but it was, it was a reaction to they're thinking something else is going on in the basement Sunday evening. Um, <laughs> and, and before I can clarify the other guys are, are taking that and running with it in this group message. And I, so now I'm trying to get somebody out of that group message, but somebody's got an Android phone, which means I can't move somebody off. And it's just like, we're stuck. And this person is threatening to call the cops. And, yeah. They didn't know what sort of sexual thing you guys were getting into, yeah. did they? they? They're definitely not coming. <laughs> they were not into it. <laughs> so it's, it was a game of uh, literally telephone, right? I mean, without a context. That's right. You tell somebody young what, what to do with their money. The best could be the best investing advice ever. And if they have no context, understand what that means. Oh. And could you imagine the trouble they get themselves into? All right. JD, jump in there. I, I'm going to take a breath for that. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's really hard to follow. You know, as I, you know, the, the, the topic, right. How do you think about, or, or how to think about IBC as a young single adult? You know, what I think about personally is like the advice that was given and shared to me as a young single adult, um, you know, not saved was, was basically, uh, JD get married before you get Amber pregnant. <laughs> like <laughs> they were, they were not telling me, you know, how to save money and steward money and those types of things. And, um, you know, I, I, I think 
as a, you know, cause these are, these are, um, ideas and thoughts that I'm trying to teach, you know, my boys, right. As, as young adolescents on how to properly steward money and save money. And the reality is, is, and, and you brought this up a moment ago is if you're not exposed to this, right. Meaning if you don't really grow up in an affluent household or you don't grow up with, with parents or, or grandparents that are doing things contrarian outside of what everybody else is doing, this is not going to be something that, that you're going to be exposed to or introduced to. And, and I think as a young single adult, uh, um, or, or young single person, you know, this, this is really, I think a, a, a phenomenal concept and an idea for the person that is a disruptor, right? I think of like Gary Vaynerchuk, right. And the, and the audience and the people that he talks to are, are these people that want to be create creators. They want to be entrepreneurs. They want to do things that are almost like intentionally the opposite of what culture is telling them to do. If that makes sense. And, totally. and, and so I just, you know, for, for, for that type of person, and I wish I would have had that mindset, right. Growing up or, 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 you know, at that age when I was at that age group and I just, I just didn't. Um, but I think if you're a young person that is entrepreneurial, that is a disruptor, that is a creator, the idea of IBC is such a phenomenal concept because you're already not thinking about the 401k because that's that the idea of you, putting your money away for 30 or 40 years and never being able to touch it is, is so opposite of what you want to do in your life right now anyways. Okay. I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. The reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15-minute call with one of our coaches at westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed. And only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right. So go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash free call to get that 15 minute conversation, gain clarity. But now let's jump back into today's episode. All right. So here, I want to throw out kind of thinking from this perspective, right? So we're talking right now about IBC and how it applies to a young adult. So infinite banking concept, this is using a dividend paying whole life policy as a means to hold and store cash, then to be used as a tool to be leveraged to buy assets, right? Or to eliminate debts and take cash flow and run through it. We all know checking savings accounts don't produce any meaningful cash flow. We need to get that cash at work. Otherwise, it's a large expense on our life. And I and now we know right now, we think about when we were 18, 20, 25, 30 years old, then we're like, man, just imagine the years that I, I could be uh, have applied to this concept, at least for you and I, Mark, we would have been able to do this much, much younger. Well, I, I want to like take what you're saying there and, and go deeper because I think the challenge is, is someone on that's listening to this, it says, yeah, I, I do think that the advice being given to young adults and, and that was given to me potentially was not accurate. And so I want to go out and share this, either share it because I'm doing it and I want to share it with uh, other people like me, or I want to share it with my son or my grandson or, or with friends. It, here's, here's going to be the topic though, right? This person goes out and says, okay, it sounds interesting. And so then they go, they go to the next water cooler and they're going to say something similar to this. Let me tell you about this awesome idea that I just had shared with me, it makes total sense that I don't want to have my cash sitting in a checking account. I want to put it in this whole life insurance policy. 
this person's in their young 20s, they're single. What do you think the feedback, Mark, will be from whoever they're talking to? I think that the, the audience is going to have a hard time with that because it's it's not really in, in, in the lens that I'm looking at it in, it's not going to fit who the audience is. Whereas it's what JD alluded to, what, what everyone's been alluding to, and where my mind went is I'll think back to myself. When I was straight out of college, I was the smartest person on the face of the planet. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I knew everything and I, I knew exactly what I was doing and I, I, I was in complete control. Whereas everything I was doing was the exact opposite. You know, putting my money away into a 401k, I'm divorcing myself of control. I'm divorcing myself of responsibility. When everything I've been doing, everything I've been saying is I want control, I'm in charge, I know what to do. Whereas I think IBC, when it's implemented properly, we are bringing that control back in and you're allowing someone to really take the reins. And if you would have asked me when I was in my twenties, Hey, so do you feel like working in for the next 43 years of your life and then maybe being able to have something, or would you rather enjoy your life now? Well, I'd much rather enjoy it now. Oh, great. Well, how, how are you planning on doing that? Oh, I'm going to go fly airplanes for the next 43 years. Well, it doesn't really seem like that aligns with what you just said. What about this other idea? And then, and then the pieces of the puzzle start to come together of, I can save it in a spot. Oh, I can access it actually sooner than 59 and a half. Oh, I can actually leverage it and go and get things that'll make money so that I can work even less than I do now. Oh, and I can actually step away from my job before I, I run into health problems and I'm in retirement phase. Solid. Tell me more. Well, I, I want to jump in there. Though. I want to go back to the question. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it up. That anybody jump in there because I see two problems that, that I'm a young adult and I'm thinking about putting money into a life insurance policy. What, what's one of the very first objections the, the world's going to give us? As, as a young single person? Yeah. Or, or just, well, first of all, if you're single, you don't need life insurance, right? This, like, I don't, That's obvious, right? Why, why would I, it, it'd be in, in, I'm using a facetious example, but it's like buying um, a boat trailer if you don't own a boat. Right. That's the way the world would see it, right? It'd be like, well, you don't need that. Why do you buy that? That's stupid. That's an expense. That's right. It, you just bought something you don't need. And and what follows that is you should take that money and go invest it into blah, blah, blah. So the next part of this is, man, you've got 30, 40 years in front of you. Like, I mean, you should be investing in fill in the blank, right? Whatever their thing is, whether it's uh, stocks, mutual funds, whatever they're, they're their ideas and they're like, well, you got time, right? So you don't even have to worry about the fact that the market's about to crash. It won't matter to you, right? Because you've got 40 years for, for that to work itself out. That's right. Uh, the, I think the advice there is you're young. You should get started young. The advice from older people is if I had only started when I was your age, right? Or you've got so much time ahead of you. I, I hear that all the time. And the second thing we talk about the 401k for young people. Young people coming out of college, maybe got some debts, right? Some student loans, some car payments. We're looking at maybe they're buying a house. All those things, it's, the advice is get started while you're young and pay off all your debt. Right. So getting rid of those things. All right. I got one more thing that I want to add to our list and let you guys chime in on it. The other part of this is that we just finished school, right? Or recently finished, whether that's our undergrad, graduate schools, 
you know, people coming out of dental school, medical school, whatever it is, what are we most passionate about at that point? Right? Like, so whenever Mark, you finished um, your aviation program, how pumped were you to go fly airplanes? Ecstatic. You were ecstatic, right? It was like the thing that you had like built up to, right? It was the crescendo moment. Like you're like, yes, I actually get to go do this and they pay me for this. Right. I mean, like, and you're going from zero income to whatever they paid you, it might as well have been a billion dollars, right? Like, like literally, um, the, the, you, um, the, what's the little thing where they come to your door and they knock on this imaginary, but they show you the commercial of it. Publisher's uh, you, you the publisher's clearinghouse. Like, like literally like that first check, it's like the publisher clearinghouse. It comes every other week. You're like, this is amazing. Right. So the concept of what we're talking about is, Hey, you're going to put money away into an insurance policy, boat trailer. You don't own a boat. Um, and you're going to then use this to go buy assets so that you can never have to go to work again because the assets will produce income for you. Do you see how that would um, maybe conflict with what the world's viewpoint of your situation would be? Well, but that's not just exclusive to young people, though, right? Like if, it, whether, you're, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, it, it doesn't matter. That conversation on the water cooler is going to elicit the same response every single time, right? Because people have this, this natural tendency to, to reject the things that they don't fully understand. And, and if you're doing something that's opposite or, or, or antithetical to what other people are doing, that's uncomfortable. So naturally we want to be in situations that are comfortable for us and to us. And, and so that's not just exclusive to young people. I can't tell you for as long as I've been in this industry for almost 15 years now, whether you're 20 or whether you're 50, telling someone around the water cooler that you're putting money into whole life insurance is going to create the exact same response. Like I can get a higher rate of return someone else or somewhere else, right? That's too expensive. You should buy term and invest the difference. And what's interesting about that is, especially with what we teach people, right? Is the idea of how do we actually create financial freedom today, right? How do we get back control over our finances? It's not by giving the control to Wall Street, right? It's, it's not by putting money into a place that I can't access, that I have to ask permission to get access to, that I have to pay taxes on everything in the future. I don't know what that's going to be. There, I mean, I, I'm, I'm deferring and putting my head in the sand and saying, man, I, fingers crossed, I hope this all works out. And that's a long commitment that you're making. If, you, if you're a young adult, it's a long commitment, right? I mean, it, it's so hard. I mean, I, when, when I was 20 years old, and looking at my parents, it's like, you guys are ancient, right? I mean, like you're, you're 50 years old. Goodness. Right. And, and like you said, Mark, the, that, that arrival syndrome is, is, is prevalent for us, especially early on when we haven't experienced enough failure, <laughs> we, we don't take we don't, we don't think that we're going to be in that situation. Like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to be better than that. I'm smarter than that. I'll overcome those same roadblocks that you ran into. I had a great, uh, I had a great feedback from my dad right when I moved home. I was fortunate enough that, that they uh, sponsored my first car right out of college. So I had wheels to, to go do my job and it was great. And then when I moved home, I sold the car. And 
I was I, I gave my parents back the cash and I was gonna go buy a car in Hawaii. And my dad said, What are you gonna get? I'm like, well, you know, just got my just got my final career job. This is gonna be great. I'm gonna go get a brand new truck. I'll do that. And he says, Really? Wow. Okay, in that case, I want all the money back for the car we bought. I said, what? He goes, yeah, if you're going to go be that foolish and go buy a brand new car, then I want all the money back for the other car. <laughs> I was like, um, well, I, I, he said, or you can just give me the check for that and, and you can take the used truck out front. Because he was trying to instill, are you going to be smart with your money or are you just going to go blow it every chance you get? And that, mm. was a, that was a very loud bell he rang in front of me. I wish I'd had that sort of advice. That wasn't, that wasn't advice I got. JD, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, I, I would say, and this is something that you had said on uh, Instagram, you know, recently about who do you get financial advice from, right? And finding a mentor and somebody that is at the place where you want to be, right? And, and, or at least is one or two steps ahead of you. And, and I think if you look around at the people in your sphere and your circle, and you're not impressed with their financial situation, don't take advice from them, right? Mm. Let's, let's look at the people that are where you want to be, or at least taking steps to get into the place where you want to be and, and find a mentor to help you get to where you want to go. And, and so those, those would be my final parting thoughts is, is, is if everybody else is doing it, then, then maybe, and, and, and you don't like the result that they're getting, then you've got to be willing to do something different. Because if you do what everybody else does and expect a different result, that's the definition of insanity. Yep. Earn, what's your final takeaway here? For the young single person, which was me not too long ago. Man, I'm so glad that I learned this thought process this infinite banking concept, I'm so glad that I just fell into it, you know? And I can relate to the young person who gets us out that first job, feel great externally. I'm king of the world. I got everything going on, but internally a little bit searching, you know, ears wide open internally. I'm not going to let anybody else know this. I'm trying to learn some stuff. Right. <laughs> and so agree with JD, the value of, well, I will, I will, uh, I will hear from everyone, but I won't listen to everyone and, and picking who, who am I going to give my ear to and, and let that be, are there, is this the type of person I want to be? And for me, the, the pressure of young person came out, had student loans. That's a big pressure or the big pressure to sign up for the, the work benefits. I mean, you can't, I mean, you're crazy if you give those up or crazy if you aren't keeping up with your friends who have just learned about Vanguard mm. and, and their amazing history. I mean, cool company. I agree. So for me, it was, it was stepping back and saying, all right, I see that there's something here to this thought process of the infinite banking concept. And my idea was, well, if I could at least just take the money that I would be taking to pay off these student loans and created this insurance policy to store it, I know that I can figure something out. And so it just makes me think for the young person ever does having access to cash ever take away any of your options mm. and for the young person to be getting themselves in a cash position as they're learning simultaneously and Lord willing, having a long runway 
and having a vision of what they want to create because they've they found over time a mentor, a model of what they want to pursue. To me, that's so exciting. <laughs> you said that, and actually, I, I, this wasn't going to be my final thought, but I'll allow it to be. So often times when we have someone who comes to us and there's a, a sudden influx of money, right? And I'm thinking a lot of times it's when one of our clients has, has passed away and, and the family member receives a very large check or is going to be receiving a very large check from the life insurance policies that, that were on that person's life. One of the first pieces of info we give them is don't make decisions today, right? Like we need to process this, what's going on. And we need, there's not a, a situation where Exodus. taking a little bit of time to think through all options is a bad idea, right? I think that could be said, it could be true here because the first, when someone gets out of college or whatever, they start getting what would be a large amount of money to them. It, there's oftentimes rushed into making decisions. Now, again, I'm not saying procrastination is the, is the strategy, but like what you're saying is putting yourself into a position of cash cannot hurt you. And if you're using the first investment, right, the first investment we all should make in, in anything is in ourselves. And it should be in our financial IQ because I think the financial education level of many people is very low. And it's because they've been, it's been abdicated to other people. So we've just assumed that's something that we shouldn't um, be learning for ourselves. I know that's not for you because you're listening to this podcast and I pray that you will share this podcast with someone else. And hopefully uh, this will add insight to where they are and it'll maybe create talking points. Well, as always, we really appreciate you listening. We hope you will have an amazing day. We've got to jump into the inner circle now and have, uh, a conversation with our inner circle members and I, I'm, I'm going to invite you into that. Do you go to wealthwellwallstreet.com? You join our community. You have a chance to go through our passport challenge, go through uh, the pathfinder course and become a member of the inner circle so that then you can meet individually, not only with the coaches on a one-on-one -on -one level, but you can also participate in these weekly ask us anything conversations. So as always have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.